The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. We've got some customers who are more budget conscious that have been under inflation pressure now for months. The CEO of Walmart, Doug McMillan, gearing up for a penny-pinched holiday season. That sustained pressure in some categories, I think, is something that customers are having to deal with as we approach Christmas. How exactly those customers are dealing with it, from the company serving over 200 million of them each week. Families are choosing when they buy their big basket of things that they need all the time to look for value. Many of them are coming to us for those big food and consumables baskets. And then they're being selective on general merchandise, being really thoughtful about what they do with electronics and toys. Plus, how Walmart itself is managing economic pressures. We'll hear from the chief of the nation's largest retailer at the Business Roundtable's annual meeting. We've been raising wages. Our wage increases have outpaced our sales and profit growth by a a long shot since 2015. And we'll continue to see wages go up. And that's okay with us. We're finding ways to drive productivity. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Squawk Pod reports Walmart's Doug McMillan begins right now. This week, for the first time in a few pandemic-stricken years, about 200 chief executives, the biggest leaders of the biggest companies in America, were all in a room. The Business Roundtable annual meeting. And lucky for you, Squawk Pod listeners, we were there too. The Squawk Box team was on site. Hi, how are you? Great to see you, Joe. Oh, hi, Jamie. Tony. I know. It's good to see you. I'm so glad to have you. Some numbers. In total, the Business Roundtable employs 37 million American workers and generates $10 trillion in sales every year. This group of executives is responsible for 24% of the U.S. GDP. And today, a conversation with one of the biggest of the big, CEO of Walmart, Doug McMillan. 2.3 million workers strong, half a trillion dollars under its belt in 2021. Walmart is America's largest retailer. 12% of all U.S. retail sales happen at a Walmart. And it is America's largest employer, aside from the federal government. This interview was recorded on location at the Business Roundtable annual meeting in Washington, D.C. Okay. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? It's hey, nice Josh, to good see morning. you. Nice to see you. Doug McMillan sat down with CNBC Squawk Box anchors Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Holiday shopping season is in full effect, but have inflation and concerns about the economy changed consumer habits? We've been hearing about that off and on, and right now we get the chance to talk to Doug McMillan. He is the president and CEO of Walmart. And, and Doug, welcome, first of all. It's great to see you Thanks, here. Good morning. Um, I, I think people forget about the size and scope of Walmart. We were just talking before we came. Um, I was thinking that it was 2.1 million employees. It's closer to 2.3 million employees, which makes Walmart, as it has been for a very long time, the largest employer in this country outside of the federal government. Um, you've got 12 percent of all retail sales in the United States coming through Walmart. And that's that means you are probably the very best person we can talk to, A, about jobs and what's happening, and B, about what's happening with the consumer. So which one do you want to start with? Um, Let's start with the customer. Okay. How are things Um, going? um, Pretty much, as we said at the end of the third quarter, they're still stressed. I mean, we we serve everybody. Um, Americans come to Walmart 
Um, we've got some customers who are more budget conscious that have been under inflation pressure now for months. You know, it really started changing in March, April of this year. And that sustained pressure in some categories, I think, um, is something that, that customers are having to deal with as we approach Christmas. You also have, though, a, a growing number of customers who make over $100,000. I think that's where a lot of we the do. growth is coming. Yeah, a lot of our growth the last couple of quarters has come from people that are coming to Walmart to save money. You know, our purpose is to save people money and, and help them live better. And as we focused on Thanksgiving and the events around Thanksgiving, whether it's food or in the general merchandise categories, we're doing our very best to keep prices low for everyone, and customers are seeing that value. You know, that's a, that's a huge issue. Inflation has been such a bear. It has kind of eaten its way into everything that the consumer is trying to spend money on. How, how do you do that? Because there are, are stories about you guys really pushing hard on suppliers. What, what do you do? How do you contain complaints? It's probably helpful to break that down, back mm-hmm. into different categories. Um, fresh food is more volatile. It fluctuates more. So today's beef prices are down. Chicken prices chicken are prices. still high, for example. Mm-hmm. Produce prices are relatively low relative to what they were before. Dry grocery, processed foods, and consumables are where the inflation's most stubborn. You know, double-digit inflation rates have been around for a while, and it looks to us like they're going to be with us for a while. And so that's a primary area of focus for us, trying to come up with creative ways with our suppliers to get prices down. Customers choose private brands in those environments more often, for example. And then there's general merchandise. And in toys, sporting goods, apparel, categories like that, prices have come down more aggressively. We're still inflated, but we're not inflated nearly as much as we are in the other categories. So when you think about what's happening, families are choosing when they buy their big basket of things that they need all the time to look for value. Many of them are coming to us for those big food and consumables baskets. And then they're being selective on general merchandise, being really thoughtful about what they do with electronics and toys. TVs are still strong, but there's some other categories where you can see they're being more conservative. So if, if you had to gauge the health of the consumer, where would you put it? Is this on par with something or a letter grade you would give them? I would say pressured for those that are most budget conscious, but there are still a lot of folks that have have money to spend. It's the full suite. Everybody's saying it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse, but they don't. In, in some businesses, they don't see it. You're you're seeing it. The question is, do you think that that persists and gets materially worse? Yeah, I think looking back in history might be helpful. You know, so many people didn't get to travel um, during the pandemic, right. and so there's that pent up demand. Right. And they're spending that money to do that because it's a priority. So what I can see is they're prioritizing. Um, and when, you, when you've been home, as some people were, for two years and you spent money on so your you house, you spent money on be- apparel, they didn't need to so go buy that. you think the pie now. is just being split differently, not that the, the pie is shrinking? Well, it's a little bit of both because if you look at dollars versus units, like think about our fourth quarter, for example. You'll hear the National Retail Federation talk about retail growth of 5 to 8%. Well, that's inflated. So like if you look at our business, we're under more unit pressure than dollar pressure. And people may look at a two-year stack of inflation and say things are getting better. Don't, re- don't forget that for a family that's gone through two years of persistent inflation, those prices aren't really coming down. Right. They're just stabilizing at a higher level. And so you end up with the prioritization showing up. Right? You talked immediately about the, the effect of inflation and how debilitating that is on, on, on your customers. If you pick your poison, is it, I mean, no one wants a... A, a slowing economy, and no one wants to destroy demand, no one wants a recession. Would you pick that over inflation lasting for the next two or three years? I'm asking everyone, and I wonder if it yeah. matters. Our focus is on serving these customers, and there are many of them that really need some help as it relates to inflation, so that's, that's our focus. So, but I mean, should the Fed do what it needs to do, even if it is a much harder landing than, than we'd like? I think, I think inflation needs to be dealt with. 
You did. Um, trying to come up with the equation that creates the softest landing is obviously a huge challenge. So I think our role, Joe, is to give people data and to tell them what's going on so they can make the most informed decision. What's the jobs picture look like right now? How difficult is it to get employees? Still what are you have to pay? Yeah, yeah. we're, we're in, in pretty good shape in the U.S. in most roles, but we still see some pressure um, at cashier levels and, and roles like that. So we've been raising wages. If you go back, remember all the way back to like 2015, I yeah. know you guys have talked about what Very we did with wages you know, for a long time. Our wage increases have outpaced our sales and profit growth by a, a long shot since 2015. And we'll continue to see wages go up, and that's okay with us. We're finding ways to drive productivity. One of the issues we, we hear all the retailers talk about um, is what's happening with with theft, with shrinkage, uh, stuff that walks out the door. I've spoken with other retailers who have said <laughs> this is a, a national issue, a state issue, a city-wide issue. Um, laws matter where, where these things aren't prosecuted. What's it mean to the bottom line? What would you like to see uh, people in Washington and elsewhere do about it? Yeah, um, theft is an issue. It's higher than what it's historically been. And we've got safety measures, security measures that we put in place by store location. I think local law enforcement being staffed and being good, a good partner is, is part of that equation. And that's normally how we approach it. But there have been rules that have been changed that make it not something that the police are going to pro prosecute or that the, the criminals won't be prosecuted below certain levels. Does that matter? If that's not corrected over time, prices will be higher right. and or stores will close. And how much of that, though, do you have to go state by state and actually work on that issue? I mean, you see videos now. I just saw a video of, of some burglars the in, store, in the yeah. Apple store just literally just take, I mean, it was, mm. you know, taking everything that they could. And, the, you know, the Apple employees say, were told, you know, go. stand back yeah, and just let it all happen. Problem. And, and maybe that's the right decision in the moment, but clearly there's something larger going on. It's really city by city, location by location. It's store managers working with local law enforcement, and we've got great relationships there for the most part, and that's the way we approach it. So what would you like to see? What are the measures that, from the Walmart perspective and the business roundtable perspective, to, oh, overall. And, and, yeah, business roundtable perspective, that you'd like to see policymakers yeah, working on right now? Yeah, it's just policy consistency and clarity, you know, so that we can make capital investments with, with some vision. Good luck. That would be nice. Um, the, the supply chain issues that, I mean, your competitor target you saw what with the inventory and we're going to do this at the end of the pandemic it's oh my god we got all this how are we going to is that is it easier now are you able to, to it's, do it's the great challenge of retailing joe is to have what they want when they want it where is they it want easy, it is that over we, the effects of the of no the it, i mean it's very fluid right now um, Still we hard? saw things change in the first quarter. It's, it's gotten a little bit better, but it's because we went through so much of an adjustment during this summer. Our merchants did a really good job. In fact, our team overall has done a great job. Once we saw things change, which and it was the middle of March, really, when, when our red lights were going off in my office, and our merchants started figuring out what inventory levels we needed to have for ladies' wear, where do we need to be in pets, and getting all those inventory levels to the right place. In, in our slim margin business, you, you can't afford and a lot of excess payroll too. and markdowns. So yeah. our team's done a great job of getting um, to a good spot um, for right now, and next year is going to be another challenge. Hopefully, it won't be as challenging as this one. What were the red lights that were going off in your office? What were the calls or the signals that were like, oh yeah, my gosh? Yeah, what our team saw um, fairly quickly is how the mix of food and general merchandise was changing. Um, you're a large advertiser. Um, where are you advertising? What's shifting? What are you seeing working? What's not working? Yeah, one of the most interesting things that's happening is how commerce and advertising are coming together. Social commerce is really growing. Um, we, we certainly saw that happen in China in a big way with our business there, and now it's happening everywhere. 
So we think a lot, and actually we're growing an ad business, as you probably know, yep. think a lot about how commerce and advertising work together on various platforms. And we want to be there. We want people to be on the Walmart app, but we also want to be wherever they want to shop, wherever they want to learn about merchandise. But in terms of your spend, how's it, how is it shifting? It's more digital. It's um, more digital, but is it is it more... Facebook, Insta, is it more you want TikTok? Is I think it it's more all of the above. Like we're, Snap, like what, what are you looking at going, is, is Twitter working for you? Is it not working for you? We just talked to Mary Barra. They, they, they paused their, yeah. uh, their program. Uh, we're watching that closely. Um, and what our team Do you, does, Are you guys still advertising on that platform? We are. And have you paused? We have not paused. Okay. Um, we've moved to more digital investment. And across platforms, it's a very fluid investment based on what's happening with current more results. More digital investment versus digital investment from before? Versus or, TV. So and you're spending more on digital than on TV or anywhere else? Because I see TV ads. The percent of totals all. moving. The percent of totals moving. Yeah, that's where the trend is. Yeah. We had the worst inversion in the 10-year, two years since 1981. God forbid we, we go into a deep recession. Would you restructure? Would you have to do that? Would, would you have, could you ever see yourself doing a, a large round of, of, of cuts? You know, most of our associates are in stores, clubs, and distribution centers around the world. And customers and members need to be served. So that'll drive up. Our headcount growth will probably continue to go up. And we're finding new ways to serve people. We're doing more deliveries with our own associates, for example. And we're picking more orders in stores with our own associates. Um, from a home office point of view, we're constantly creating new roles and changing jobs, and, and you'll read stuff. If you look into history, for example, you'll read things about us moving positions from one spot to the other. In the end, we end up adding. It's, it's, a, it's a net growth company, and I think it will be. And how do you do that? How do you satisfy shareholders that want to buy a, a consistent grower? What, what, what's the, what do you do what's the, with the slim margins? And you've got... Market, how does mark, can market share go up from where it is? Yeah, absolutely. It can? Yeah, absolutely. We've grown a, a really big e-commerce business. You got to get Andrew into a Walmart maybe? And, and, uh, well, he's got a Walmart on his phone. We need him to just shop on Walmart.com more. <laughs> I'm a Walmart Plus customer, <laughs> Thank by you, the way. Andrew. I happen to be. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate that. Hey, hey Doug, I, I always appreciate how interested you are in innovation and change, because this is an industry that changes really rapidly. Mm -hmm. I remember several years ago, you showed me your list of the top 10 retailers from every decade mm -hmm. and how they all get washed out. Um, so what are you seeing that's the coolest thing you've seen innovatively lately? What's the coolest thing that you are trying out that maybe we don't know about yet? It's the supply chain. There is incredible stuff in front of us with automated storage and retrieval systems back in distribution centers and fulfillment centers. I was in a fulfillment center in Chicago last week that is very automated. I'm still with a lot of associates doing a great job, but it's very different than what we had in the past. Last mile delivery, including the work we're doing with drones, we're delivering all the way into the refrigerator. Um, in many of our markets, like at our house, if I'm traveling, we can have our, our groceries waiting in our refrigerator in our garage when we get home. It's fantastic. So that whole suite, that supply chain innovation, robotics, the way we put data to work, that's going to unlock a lot of value for the company going forward. Yeah, I was just reading that you guys are going to be the ones that take over. It's not going to be the, the companies that we're using now, these side companies, whether that be a fresh direct or somebody else. That these, this is all. these big super centers close to customers within 10 miles of 90% of America, 5 miles of 70% of America, that have a broad assortment at Walmart prices with last mile delivery, create a great opportunity for us to do deliveries for other people and create more route density and save money. Do you still have that list in your pocket? I do, yeah. Really? Of the top 10 retailers yeah, that I have do. changed? I've turned my phone off because I thought I was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We now made him turn off his phone before you he came in. Yeah, it's on my phone. Yeah. That's great. Well, Doug, I want to thank you very much for being with us. Great. Good to see you. Doug McMillan really again from you. Walmart. Good to see you too. Thank you.
from their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Thank you for listening to this special Squawk Pod Reports, part of a series featuring exclusive interviews with leaders of America's biggest companies. Tomorrow, please check out your feed for another extra, this time with United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby. If I didn't watch CNBC in the morning, which I do, the word recession wouldn't be in my vocabulary, just looking at our wow. data. I mean, you just can't see it in our data. Tune in wherever you're listening now and let us know what you think anytime. Find us on Twitter at Squawk CNBC, or you can rate or review Squawk Pod right on Apple Podcasts. That helps other listeners find us. Have a great day. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.